0: one for or oh, yeah, one and that's two that's what i meant one for, three. Oh, one for three. yeah that's what i meant <laughs> usc
1: baby hey what's up welcome to episode number 691 i think of locked on raptors for saturday march the 28th i'm your host sean woodley of raptors.com for the month of march you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean find the show at locked on raptors we can find links to every single episode of the podcast and of course please make sure you're checking out the locked on podcast network we have team focus shows covering all 30 nba teams all 32 nfl teams as the nfl draft comes up and they continue over in the nfl to exist as though nothing is happening in the outside world so kudos to them uh you've also got the locked on mlb shows and nhl as well as the college network uh and all ever all the hosts are doing a great job right now of putting out really creative stuff lots of bracket content all that good stuff that you love Uh, so please find a show that you want to support support it by subscribing to it rating and reviewing it and it's very much appreciated when you take the time to do that all right on today's show It is a Saturday episode. We were supposed to do a mailbag, but only a couple people sent questions in. We might get to those questions. We might just uh, shoot the breeze for a little bit before checking in on the final four of the greatest Raptors performances bracket. Uh, But joining me to do all of that and more is uh, Katie Heindel. Katie, what's up?
2: Uh, Hanging in there, buddy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it feels this this is probably the longest month I've ever experienced. Yeah, I was, I had
2: to look something up. I had to look something up for a story I was writing. um, And I was like, oh, that matchup happened months ago. And it was March 2nd. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, this is messed
1: up. (laughs) Yeah crazy i like in the bracket og and game against the the nuggets earlier this month literally uh <laughs> where he had seven steals um like every time i wrote about that game i just like kind of wanted to cry a little bit because it felt like it happened two years ago and not uh three and a half weeks ago yeah um but yeah it's uh it's rough out there man i i i'm also feeling a little blue today because i'm uh deep in the in a quarantine hangover uh so uh you know probably exacerbating all of my feelings of despair right now but most likely uh, most likely yeah this should help turn me around though i think we're gonna have a fun podcast uh it's gonna so be emotional I, yeah sure. absolutely um so the thing i wanted to talk about is serge Bacca, mostly uh, he continues to be uh, an absolute king. Is he? You're doing uh, NBA quarantine watch for Up right now. Yes. Yeah. Serge Ibaka, the leader in the clubhouse, as the MVP, looking to avenge his loss uh, of the MVP <laughs> in the summer vacation watch last summer.
2: I haven't decided if I'm going to award a MVP of quarantine watch just because of like the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. But, um. <laughs> Serge is definitely up there, if only for, like, because it's not so much Surge is, like, doing antics in quarantine, like some players are, um, to keep busy. Surgis is, like, he's really, he's, like, tapped into a kind of a brand new, I think he's, like, kind of tapped into the overarching anxiety and, like, uns- like feelings of kind of, like, no one knows what's going to happen next and, uh, like, the stress of that that everyone is feeling, but he's, like, really using his platform and kind of, like, I think such a, a nice and like generous way to do that. Like he's engaging with, first it was just him kind of like broadcasting out to the world. It felt like, but then he started to like engage with people more. He did that amazing thing with like public health, Toronto public health yesterday. So yeah, like what Serge is doing is more like, I feel like he's trying to take care of people, which is very meaningful and nice.
1: Yeah, it's – I mean, the the video he did yesterday where he chatted with the Toronto public health officials and somehow woven scarves (laughs) as (laughs) the thing that they built the entire segment around, uh, it it does kind of tap into that, right? Where he's not just at home, uh, like, withering away playing video games and Twitch streaming and stuff like that and getting caught doing uh, unsavory things on the gram. He's just like – it seems like he's trying to use his boredom and channel it into – something positive and I, I don't know he's just so easy to like make content with now I, he, he's just such a contentsman it's lovely uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> like i think at first they were like that right like he set up that gym in his house and yeah uh, and then he was doing kind of jokey things but then as he gradually started to reach out like first to teammates um and like check in with them and then it's gone more broad now and it's like public service work almost yeah. um I think it's like you've, we sort of watch this natural transition almost of like what can happen to someone. Anyone is can, is maybe going through the same thing, right? Whether you're in quarantine or you're just self-isolating. you. I've been talking about this just in the sense of like People, I think, are really craving community and craving interaction. And like, we're all online and reading news and like getting bummed out by the news. And it can feel like such a barrage, but like, it also is is fostering these like really intense, I think, new communities to start up. And I think, in a way, we've seen like surge shift from isolation isolation of like himself and probably like used to being around guys like on the team right to like then shift to team awareness of like what those guys are doing and how they're keeping up but then also like a more global thing like wait a second like I can be impactful uh in other ways right now and like I've got a captive audience everywhere yeah <laughs> so like I'm gonna do that which it's like I don't know I think it's extremely cool like I think it's kind of and I also think like not to I mean I'll give him credit but I you've seen it start with like Lowry has started posting and sharing a lot more than like he ever has. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like, it's a, he's leading by this certain example.
1: Yeah. That's a, it's a good point. It's, it's been really nice. They're just like, they're posting through it with wholesomeness and it's, uh, it's really, really been lovely. Yeah, I'm, I, like, I just,
2: crying every time I see yeah. anything. And then I, like, I mean, the first one was, like, search loading the dishwasher. And I was yeah. like, why is this <laughs> really hitting <laughs> this way?
1: Just, just feeding the content piggies uh,
0: some of the <laughs> nicest, uh, calmest slop there is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I just I'm the
1: surge thing, man. I so yesterday I got kind of sad thinking about. The Raptors And, you know, it's such a bummer that their season obviously got derailed. And, you know, every, there's a, an element of a bummer to every season getting derailed because there's stories going on with all, all these teams. But this one, it kind of hit me yesterday thinking because I got a couple questions for a mailbag or just like for future mailbags and stuff like that that were sent in that were about like the future and mm-hmm. the possibility that like Serge and Marcus Gasol and Fred Van Fleet have like played their last games as Raptors. And mm-hmm. That made me, like, profoundly sad. I, I know, uh, like, that probably is, like, a strange thing to feel on a Friday while, like, so many things are going on in the world. But just to sit there and think, like, damn, like, we maybe have seen the last of these guys. It, uh, I don't know. It hit pretty hard. I'm growing less and less confident every day that there's going to be a season, I think. <laughs> like, all of the... All of, like, the business people are like, oh, yeah, just a couple weeks will be fine. And then all of the smart science people are like, buddy, this is six months. What the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm sure it's somewhere probably in the middle, but I'm certainly leaning a little closer to sort of buying into what the scientists are saying, obviously. And that's making the, the possibility of a season seem pretty unlikely to me. And it's just, I don't know, how are you sort of reckoning with that and the potential that, like, these guys who were such beloved players and you know surge just continues to add to his legend and i mean fred is too like howling with his children and like posting videos of that i mean like it's just adding to how likable these guys are right now and there's a potential that we never see it on the floor again it's uh it's kind of a sobering thing
2: i only get sad about it when i when i like think of it in the raptors context because like otherwise and honestly i just I think they should cancel. I think they should call it. Like I think they really should yeah. cancel the season because when you look at it with more and more people like the states as a whole, it's awful what's happening there and it's going to yeah. get worse before it gets better. Like a lot worse, I think, and I don't think it's like alarmist to say that. I think it's very realistic and I think there's some realism that weirdly the NBA is leading on that like the president is not leading on. Um but that's like another thing to talk about, but when you look at that like large scale and then you look at like something like the NBA, you have to figure there's gonna be more players that test positive or family members of players that test positive. And so every time someone tests positive, it's like new you have to go into quarantine again, right? So you couldn't they couldn't bring the season back. It's gotta be two weeks out from that time. Mm-hmm. So like they don't know when they're gonna have the L clear in that sense. So even if they were like, okay, we'll bring games back, we'll play them in like empty arenas. Um, or like specific arenas will like the logistics of like getting players to places just so people can watch basketball. Like while a part of me is like, yeah, that's cool. Also a part of me is like, that seems like not <laughs> what the priority should be <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. And I miss basketball a lot, but like to shift it specifically to Raptors, when I think about, I I'm sad because of the season they were having was like so notable and like so crazy and worthwhile and seemed like it in a lot of ways was going to eclipse last season for different reasons. Mm-hmm. and like what whatever was gonna happen in the in the playoffs like would have happened or I don't know. but like that aside, I mean like the season this season has been so incredible. so it sucks to have that kind of to have that season end this way. Um, and then to your point of, like, is this the last time we're going to see a lot of these guys? I really hope not. I, I hope... I mean, I, I get, like, the business sense, and I get that, like... Actually, I don't know. Maybe they'll do something to contracts where it changes, like, the length of those contracts, right? But then I guess they'd have to figure out that league-wide, what that looked like.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but if you're looking at it traditionally as it is now, when, like, time on these contracts are up, I mean, I still think they'll bring Fred back, but a part of me is like, can't you just bring everybody back because they like didn't <laughs> they never got to play healthy together then there was a pandemic that ended the season. Um so just like out of the good of your heart, Masai, like can't you just uh like rewrite rewrite the season, you know what I mean, in the way that it should have happened, but I I guess I haven't projected that far ahead like as you have and let myself get sad about it. Yeah. Um I hope It's, like, not the last we've seen of Serge, like, and Mark and Fred. Like, I really hope so. I don't feel like it is, but I also have no idea how the league is going to handle this.
1: Yeah, it's so uncertain. We don't know what, like, free agency is going to look like when it happens. We don't know, again, if there's a season or not, how that changes things. Like, if they come back and play games and force it to happen, which I agree. I think it's getting to the point now in the States where... Like, it's pretty undeniable that it's going to be uh, an absolute shit show down there. And mm-hmm. it just it feels really irresponsible to try to get basketball back when it's just not the thing that matters. It's just not going to be. Um, and I think the NBA, as much as it's, like, an enormous financial hit, like, I think if you're comparing them to, like the like, baseball or to the NHL, like, they can probably afford to cancel their playoffs a little bit more. And I would hope that they would sort of lean on that and just say okay like this is the, the responsible thing to do let's be like the leader in the business again because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like fully gar- like I guarantee you there's going to be hockey of some sort just because the NHL can't afford to not have its playoffs because they actually rely on gate revenue um, and so I, I'm, I'm fearful that that's going to like it, it just feels like a surefire way to like introduce a second wave uh, <laughs> to just be like yeah no the sports are back now because we had one dip in cases or whatever it just I, and again I'm not an epidemiologist but it just feels very stupid um and irresponsible to you know put that in the world that oh yeah we're gonna have hockey in august like that just feels like a bad idea but i i just when it comes to like surge mark and fred in particular it's it, i'm also a little bit hopeful like especially with surge i don't know how this will play in because obviously like you know there are ramifications for the future and the salary cap whatever the salary cap is even going to look like because uh there's going to be like a huge loss of money probably this year and that might change what the salary cap looks like and that's not the thing that matters but i'm just i'm i'm a little bit hopeful that they'll just like run it back for one more year because that's sort of the runway they have anyway Mm -hmm. and i guess it kind of depends on whether or not like, someone like Serge is okay taking a one-year contract versus uh, getting the big-ass contract he probably deserves. But it's – the way he's, like, performed in this, like – it's a weird way to describe it. But, like, the way he is like, been such a staple for the fan base and stuff during what is a horrible time, like, I feel like that should, like, play into how much money he makes <laughs> and, like, what contract he gets. It, He's just like there there should be some sort of stipulation where you get paid extra because you're an amazing teammate and fan favorite and guy. Like yeah, I know that's not how teams yeah. think, but maybe they
2: should. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of touched on this though before when we talked about like this is different, but when you bring in like personal clout into like MVP candidacy and like voting of like NBA award voting and I know contract awarding is different and it varies like franchise to franchise, but I would hesitate to just kind of like place that on people's personal values. Do you know what I mean? And not mm-hmm. keep it more. I, I get that these are like extremely extenuating circumstances totally. So maybe it does warrant it in this specific case. And that's like between the Raptors and, and search Surge, and searches people to like decide. Um, But yeah, like he's been, Like, aside from that, just, like, he's been such a valuable resource, I think, to the franchise in terms of, like, not just content and keeping people, like, keeping people aware of the team. But also now, like, I think introducing a totally different side of concern that, like, this team is, like, stepping up into in, like, a different role. And he's sort of, like, (laughs) the ambassador of that. So there is like definitely a value there that that's like probably that's like probably never happened before. Like players have been like Toronto guys like Amir Johnson or like I guess I'm just like only Amir Johnson, but like players that <laughs> or like Jose Calderon, like guys that really like the city and like engage in it in different ways off the court. But this is like this is a completely different thing, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I mean I hope they're looking at it and being like, this has been fantastic surge and like he seems so comfortable just like doing this and more than that it's not that he's comfortable it seems like he wants to do more like whenever Mm -hmm. he can and like potentially as much as he can so that's really cool but i mean yeah i hope it counts for just like maybe just like good pot like good practices right to be like Mm -hmm. we're not gonna ditch this guy (laughs) after he he's just like gone and done all this for us like in this really anxious and awful time
1: yeah, I would hope that the the intangible stuff comes into mind here a little bit with Surge. It's just and maybe this is me like clinging too much onto a thing that uh, you know, has recency and, you know, obviously he's forever entwined with the championship team and everything like that. But like the way that Surge has and like Eric Kareen wrote a great feature about this this week. The way Surge has become just like an indelible part of the Raptors and like someone that you couldn't really envision the team without at this point mm-hmm. is like a real testament to him. It's a real testament to the Raptors for, like, finding a way to tap into what he's got going on. Um, I don't know, man. It's Surge rules. I'm just so happy every time I see Surge content pop up. And this is not something I would have thought two years ago. It's just such a remarkable turnaround. Uh, we can switch gears a little bit here. There's another, uh, there's another Raptors development I wanted to talk about. Uh, and this one has to do with uh, our friendship watch that we've had going on this season. You know, okay. We've talked this year about how the team, we're not really sure who's friends on the team. You know, it's a little bit, there's, you know, some separation age-wise, and there's, you know, even some guys who are in certain age groups, some will have kids, some don't. It's uh, We don't have like a yak and skills type of relationship. We don't have a DeMar Kyle, very clear best friendship on the team right now. Uh, there's a lot of like mentorship and chemistry and all that stuff, and you could argue that maybe like Surge and OG is something close to this, but I think the the, the friendship that we really need to be talking about now is Terrence Davis and Dewan Hernandez, who uh, are apparently quarantining together and working out on a balcony.
2: <laughs> have they are they roommates then? Like
1: I'm assuming they're roommates. Yeah, yeah,
2: because they couldn't have just like decided to start.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess they like, could uh, have. They
2: can do whatever yeah. they want. Maybe <laughs> they did. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if their roommates are, like, within the same complex, perhaps on the same floor.
1: Yeah. This, this is just the shared uh, party space on the top floor they've moved into. Or they're just
2: <laughs> going to one another's apartments. Because I feel like if you're in quarantine, loose loose rules, uh, and you can get to someone else's, like, if you live on the same floor as somebody in, like, a condo, yeah. and you yeah. can get there without touching anything or contacting anyone, <laughs>
1: then, it, then
2: that's okay, maybe?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing with seeing other people, and I, I don't know, I, I've felt very weird about this too, right? Like, this is not about Terrence Davis and Dewan Hernandez. This is about <laughs> quarantine etiquette, but like... I don't know. Do you feel weird seeing like if you have like one set person you see? Like I'm still I still have to go to the radio station every morning to do the show. Mm-hmm. Uh but like I see exactly my co-host and he doesn't see anybody else and like that seems fine. But I also feel weird about it sometimes. Like should we even be here? I don't know what the hell's going on, but like we're sanitizing and everything. I don't know. It's figuring <laughs> out the rules is strange. <laughs> no no they should tell us the, the actual hard and fast rules maybe. I don't know.
2: I think that's changing cuz like yeah, I agree. Or like you go outside, like I'll go out and like walk the dogs and you're like, oh, there's a lot of people in this park.
1: Yeah. Why are all these people walking now? <laughs>
2: yeah. Myself and I mean, like, included. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. Like I gotta be, I was like, I gotta be out here. This is like for practicality's sake. But then, then you start to feel weird and you're like, why do I feel territorial about a public street? You're like, I like, I'm like, I walk this all the time. Where have you been?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I
2: don't know. I've been I walking
1: think, here since before the pandemic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think they'll make it a little bit more clear. I actually saw signs uh on a couple parks in my neighborhood this morning, not just on playgrounds, but just like on like anything that they could be posted on. Like park is closed. So I feel like a lot of the public spaces are closed. But then again, like you can't close a field or like, <laughs> you know, a wooded area really. So I think it's still you gotta observe the like spacing but then all some people aren't doing that either and also i got offended the other day because i was walking on the street and a woman like there was it was like a double wide sidewalk and no one else was around and i moved over and then she walked into the road (laughs) like kind of overkill and i wanted to be like really but like whatever (laughs) everybody is like doing what makes them comfortable i guess
1: yeah i don't like the uh whole just feeling like everybody is patient zero around me, even yes. though they're most likely not. I, I don't like that at all. I like to be a, a friendly person out and about, and uh, now I just feel like, get me the hell out of here whenever I'm in a sort of situation where there are people within 30 feet of me. It's, yeah. I don't know. Very strange stuff. Anyway, Terrence Davis and Dewan Hernandez. Yes, are yes, yes. Uh,
2: <laughs> they're friends. Uh, I'm glad for that. I think we knew this like a little bit, but I saw it more in like locker room uh, interactions like before the season stopped um just in like Dewan kept in- interrupting terrence davis's like post games yeah or he at the time he like pretended to be he's done this twice actually pretended to be a reporter <laughs> um and asked him questions like when he was like is this because we had such a good dinner last night as a team was one <laughs> um yeah so like that kind of stuff Was pretty cute uh, and and endearing, but I guess I thought that was more just like how do one behave to like everyone because I've seen him do it with Matt Thomas and maybe Pascal. Um, but now it turns out he's got he's he was focusing in on Terrence Davis specifically because they're friends.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to see. I don't think there's any other raptors who are hold up together, um, as I understand it at least.
2: I kind of hope not.
1: I, I'm my hope is that uh <laughs> Pascal and, and Yak somehow found a way to get an Airbnb together. <laughs>
2: oh, oh. <laughs> they're probably in touch for sure. They're probably
1: FaceTiming every day or yeah. just trying all the different like, all right, we're gonna do house party today, <laughs> Zoom tomorrow, uh, FaceTime later today. <laughs>
2: I feel like we got to make it clear which ones are for which. I know people are using Zoom, but I think Zoom is for work.
1: I got House Party,
2: and I think House Party is good for your friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: my stance.
1: Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) I still, I'm more of a FaceTime traditionalist, but uh, my, like last night, we tried to do a call with like my brother and sister and my cousin and stuff, and my my sister and brother don't have iPhones, so that made the FaceTime difficult. And House Party was kind of slow and glitchy, but that might just be the fact that I have horrible internet, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah. Learn all the apps. I'm sure there are more. We'll discover over <laughs> <laughs> the course of this. Uh, it's a it's a good time to be a video chat app. Um, Dewan and Terrence Davis. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm happy to see Dewan up and down, like up and moving around. He's had some uh, horrible issues with his ankles this season, and so. I'm hoping he's not overexerting himself. Have you seen the video of them on the balcony? I'm trying to figure out where the hell they are.
2: No, I haven't actually. I only saw the one, like the video game one, but I haven't seen Balcony.
1: Okay. It's one of the, I think that it might be on the Don River, but also it doesn't really look like the Don River. Um, It's like one of the most recent tweets on the Raptors account if you wanted to go look it up. Here Um, I go. Here I go. (laughs)
2: Got to do this for research for the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it might be like Etobicoke and like that area with all the condos, but it also doesn't look that much like Toronto to me. I don't know.
2: Mm, Where is it from? Yesterday.
1: Uh, twenty three hours ago. Oh, so yesterday. Yeah.
2: Grind down, stop. This one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Okay. So I think they have. Oh. Oh, you know where this is? This is in, yeah, this is in like just before Mimico, I think.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Norm lives over there too. It's like there's that bike, that white bike suspension bridge that goes over this part of the, this isn't the Don River, it's the, oh, what's this river?
1: The Humber River, right? Humber, yeah, it's the Humber. Yeah, okay.
2: And I think what it looks like is that their balconies connect to each other.
1: Oh, maybe? Or is it just one big condo with one balcony?
2: I'm going to hope that it's that their balconies connect. that's how (laughs) they've been hanging out safely. Because I like the idea of one of them going to the other's place and like knocking on the balcony door.
1: (laughs) I am glad. It really warms my heart to see the two rookies this season. um, Just like doing the thing that past rookies have done. Like the Fred Pascal thing. And uh, I feel like DeLon and somebody. DeLon and Yak. Was that the same year? Or it was Pascal and Yak. Whatever it is guys who come in in the same year tend to it seems uh coagulate together and it's very nice It's just part of the pipeline that the raptors have established i guess
2: yeah yeah that's a nice it's like pipeline is a little bit i can't think of another like a fuzzier term
1: yeah yeah <laughs> but
2: it's it's efficient
1: i'm just saying it's part of their player development system is, uh, they make is efficient they, friendships yeah 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 <laughs>
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Um, so we could wrap up with uh, a quick chat here, Katie, of the final four in my okay. bracket of the greatest Raps performances of all time. Uh, just, just actually got tweeted out as we record from Raptor, from the Raptors account. Um, so we've gone through the first three rounds on this podcast and we'll, there's... This is the least interesting round to me because I think both are pretty obvious picks, but we can get into them quickly here to wrap up the show. Um, Katie, mm-hmm. the final four matchups in the uh, greatest Raptors regular season performances of all time tournament, the Gerspote, as people are calling it <laughs> everywhere. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, on one side of the bracket, the Wayne Embry region, we've got DeMar Rosen's 52-point game. Five boards, eight assists against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks on New Year's Day 2018, a game in which he set the franchise record for scoring, and it was wonderful. And it's the number one overall seed in the tournament. Up against the number 10 seed in the Embry region, which has been a giant killer, which beat Terrence Ross, which makes me very mad, and I don't want it to win as a result. (laughs) Kawhi Leonard's 38 points with three boards, five assists, three steals, and the game-winning bounce-around shot against the Blazers, last March the 3rd, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are voting on this, Katie, which way are you leading?
2: Yeah, I would like to be contrarian just to agitate you, but I can't (laughs) be. Like, I'm going to vote for Damar. And I think it's interesting that... The Kawhi thing is like I get it; it's it's cool, but I think it's just like it's more in people's memory recently because I remember that Demar game, and I remember specifically because New Year's Day games can be such a crapshoot because like guys are so hungover sometimes. Like I've seen New Year's Day games where like the ball guys are falling down all the time; the ball is bouncing off people's faces, like feet, which are also fun to watch, but (laughs) in a different way. But I remember this game. Uh, And I remember like how exhilarating and cool it felt and like to set the franchise record uh, on like a kind of like in that in that almost like symbolic way of like starting. I know it's like not the new season, but starting the new year like that felt really cool. So that's where my vote is.
1: Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy. Uh, Damar has already beaten the hell out of one of Kawhi's games in the tournament. Uh, the this, this same Damar game beat Kawhi's 45-point game uh, but with like 85% of the vote. So I'm pretty sure he's going to win here. It's just really stupid to me that Kawhi's game made it past Terrence Ross. I know, uh-huh, Sean likes Terrence Ross. It's stupid. <laughs> but you it's made, very dumb.
2: You made this. <laughs> I know I made it. But I,
1: I also kind of painted myself into a corner because in the previous round, I exercised emergency powers in a matchup that I thought didn't make any sense, where Vince Carter's 51-point game lost to a Kawhi game, a different Kawhi game. And I made the executive decision to advance Carter's game anyway because I thought it was a really stupid decision by the people. Um, and so I couldn't do that for a second round in a row and move Terrence Ross along, even though it's just as great an injustice that Terrence Ross lost. Um he scored 51 points in a game, and it looked easy. And uh, Kawhi scored 30 plus points in most of the games he played. And this Portland game only stands out because uh, a popularity and recency bias, and b the fact that he hit a game-winning shot that bounced around a little bit. But uh, it's very stupid that he lost, and I uh, don't agree with it. But so we'll move tomorrow on anyway. Uh, <laughs> and I think that should be a pretty uh, easy vote. And then the next matchup is Kyle Lowry up against Kyle Lowry. Uh, Two two Lowry games, the first one, the 43 points he put up against the Cavaliers in 2016 with the game-winning shot at the end of the game. The long two, step back to the left, the classic Lowry shot. And then the other game is the game from earlier this season against Dallas where he had 32-8-10 to lead the Raptors back from down 30 with 14 minutes left to beat the Mavericks. The... Mavs game is the 14 seed in the John Saunders region. It's gone on a wonderful run. I don't think it should beat Kyle's uh, Cavs game, but what do you think, Katie? I do. You do? <laughs> I
2: do. Oh. Um. I do. I mean, I was at that game, and I remember like the sea change of energy that that Lowry specifically brought by once again always putting the game on his back and just deciding. It wasn't gonna do, and he had to change things. So uh it was cool, like it was like really a- exhilarating feeling. Um, there was like some electricity, like I feel like in the arena. Uh and more than that, it was just like that was a that was a matchup that I was pretty intent on seeing, just because to me both of those teams were meeting at a point in the season where there were a lot of parallels uh in terms of like where they were at and like challenges they were facing. So it was kind of like a good gut check. That's how I was approaching that game. Uh, and it it did, it showed, it like showed me <laughs> basically mm-hmm. what I was hoping it would. Um, just that the Raptors were like that much more ahead. There'd been some kind con- of like, cause there had been some entries at that point too. So I think it was sort of like still this sense and like this trepidation of are the Raptors for real this season? Um, and I guess maybe like out of uh, what we were talking about earlier, just feeling a bit nostalgic already for this season because we don't know what's going to happen, that's going to, like, add some weight to my vote, too.
1: Interesting. I So that game, I, I'm not picking that one to win. I'm picking Kyle's other game just because of, the, like, the competition, like, the level of competition. Mm-hmm. Like, the Mavs were good, but, like, Luka Doncic didn't play in that game. And so while that's not an excuse for blowing a 30-point lead in 14 minutes, I, I think... Like, it would be much more impressive had Dodgers been playing. And maybe it doesn't happen because Dodgers is amazing. Um, and the other one was against, like, the fully loaded Cavs that ended up winning the title that season. And that the Raptors won't end up taking two games off in the conference finals. And, like, that was the biggest game of the regular season that year. Maybe the biggest regular season game ever for the Raptors at that time when they were in the race for the one seed. And so just like the... The, the LeBron element, like having a game where you beat LeBron, doesn't happen often, <laughs> and so I am leaning harder into that one. But I do understand the, the the appeal of the Mavs game for sure, and I think there, like the the people, many many people out there have been saying that uh, that 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 the 14 seed has gotten an easy run through the tournament. Uh, you played like Barnyani and then OG and then Surge, <laughs> uh, and like maybe it was set up to make it to a Final Four. And maybe even a championship, but uh, it was—it's a really, really great game. It, it, like, the, the, I don't think it's like a crazy upset that it made it this far. I just think it would be a crazy upset if it beat Kyle's forty-three point game. But,
2: but. you know what? I also think there's something to be said for like, let's let's put the past behind us. I suppose that's yeah. Let's that's not true. get so hung up on like our on LeBron and like the insecurity he's brought this franchise for like. Years and years and years, you know? Like, that was an important game and a, like, cool game and a very good game at the time for what it was and all the reasons that you said. But I would also say that the Raptors have, like, been better about beating the Cavs in the regular season, of course, than in the postseason. But more than that, I just think, like, I don't want to hang my hat on that stuff
1: anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I that's fair. Now. <laughs> that's fair. The game against the the Mavs certainly is sort of like imbued with the like Lowry not giving a shit sort of vibes that he's given off all season after winning the title and having nothing to prove anymore, um, and so that that is it is a very liberated performance, I guess, compared to like the expectation and the stakes that were were at play in that Cavs game, which is probably something that goes in favor of kyle i guess but Mm um yeah you can't go wrong kyle larry rules uh i also just kind of want to see the matchup of the two one seeds kyle and demar uh that's also why i'm going here i mean it's going to be kyle demar no matter what i just feel like it'll be a closer matchup if you get that Cavs kyle game in there but uh could be wrong maybe uh maybe the 14 seed cinderella run will continue all the way to (laughs) glory um Kyle's been doing very well in the voting, so uh, like people have been very, very pro Kyle, which is good. He deserves to be. He rules. Um, all right, Katie, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. We had a good yeah. chat. Sorry we didn't we answer had... any mailbag questions, but that was that's uh, okay. We had we, we meandered. We talked about uh, the, both basketball and the Hells of the World. It's been lovely. <laughs> yeah, I think it
2: was like a, a good mix, and I think we handled it with care. And uh, uh, what? Realism, yeah. But we didn't yeah. get too depressed.
1: No, we, we it's all we can ask for around. these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Katie. I am uh, going to go make a stack of ten thousand pancakes. Uh, oh. <laughs> and would uh, you have anything that you would like to plug?
2: Yeah, I'm going to do a real personal plug. Um, Yes. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, and if you don't, you can go to my Twitter account. Uh, But my parents are currently stranded on a cruise ship off the coast of Panama, where um, very sadly, a few people have died, uh, probably due to COVID, but there's no testing on board and cruise ships are evil. So anyway, um, I've asked if you can, if you're in Canada, to reach out to your MP, I've written a template email that you can send. You just have to replace the MP's name and your name at the end of the letter. I'm going to keep updating that as the situation changes. So all the information in that letter will be relevant. So even if you've sent one already, which I am so appreciative of and like very overwhelmed and floored by the help and response that I got yesterday when I posted it, if you could do it again, just to kind of keep the pressure up. And if you haven't, if you could send one, I would be so appreciative. It would mean like literally the world to me right now.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend. I can attest it takes uh, like three minutes to find your MP's email, send them the email, and plug plug your name and their name in. Uh, And it's obviously to, like, you're helping out Katie. You're helping out Katie's parents. You're helping out all the other people who are stuck on that ship right now.
2: Yeah, there's Uh, like 247 Canadians on board, plus, like, crew and, like, people from all over the world. So if you have sent it, you could also share it around your networks and that would be even more incredible.
1: Yeah, uh, please go do that. Go to Katie's Twitter to see exactly how you can go about it. Uh, It's on my Twitter as well, Um, so... Go do that. Put and, it
2: on uh, your Twitter. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Just, if everybody puts it on their Twitter, the Canadian <laughs> government will have no choice because uh, they're probably just as glued to Twitter as all of us are right now. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing, Katie. And uh, everybody, help Katie out because uh, Katie's the best. And uh, I'm sure your parents are also the best, and as are all the people on that sh- on that ship, which it just is... Uh, Very shitty situation, so please go do that. Uh, All right, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Katie, be well, stay safe, all that good stuff. And uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And, again, go and uh, help Katie out. Go to our Twitters, and you can see all the links and stuff like that. Uh, All right, that's going to do it. We will talk to you again uh, probably on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors.